What's our highest goal in life? We're going to talk about that. We've been studying this series here at the church for the last several weeks, Sermon on the Mount. And um, and it's a sermon that Jesus taught those that were interested in following him. And he gave them, he gave them some instructions in how to live their life. And we've been discussing that. Last week we talked about, about learning to manage our emotions. And today we're going to talk about our highest goal. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43, Jesus said, You have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for He gives the sunlight to both evil and good, and He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, Jesus continues to challenge his followers to go beyond the letter of the law, to go to the Spirit, tap into the Spirit of the law. And he says, he introduces another two New Testament concept whenever he says, it's not just good enough that we love our neighbor, we have to learn to love your enemy. Now, that's a challenge right there. And so, in other words, Jesus is telling us, not only should we love our family and friends, we should love those that are really against us or even those that we don't even like. And so, the greatest need in the world, how many of you know, is love? You know, there's 963 million people that are hungry today. 400 million are without safe drinking water. 270 million don't have medical service, 1.2 million sold into sex slavery, and millions of others suffering from acts of violence, abuse, crime, and injustice. The world is broken, right? And the Bible says that, uh, that that's part of what's going to happen as we go to the end of time. And you know, with all these alarming stats that I just mentioned, and you understand, you live out there, you know. What does that all say? We're living in a world that is in desperately need, in need of pure, undefiled, genuine love. Amen? That's what it says. The face of the entire world could be changed by this one thing, genuine love. People's lives are changed by genuine love. Isn't that true? Are you all with me out there? You know, Edmund Burke said this, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. Good people to do nothing. How many of you know that Jesus is calling us to a higher standard of living? Whenever he taught the Sermon of Mount, he went up on the mountain. And if you wanted to receive what he had to say, you had to come up on the mountain. And as followers of Christ, Jesus says, come on up higher. He's calling us to a higher level of living. Amen. In verse 43, he says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemy and pray for those that persecute you. You know, there's different definitions for the word love in the Bible. There's tore, which is affectionate, family kind of love. There's eros, which is the passionate, erotic, sexual kind of love. There's phileo, which is the friendly, brotherly type love. And then there's agape, which is unconditional love that loves people when it's undeserved and it's not earned. And the Lord said, I want you to love people even though they don't deserve it and even though they didn't earn it. 
How many of you know that's the kind, that's the standard that the Lord lays out for us? How many of you are willing to come up the hill with him? He lays out a standard for us. It's loving people when they don't deserve it or they have not earned it that the Lord is calling us to. And it's that kind of love that can change the world and change people's lives. Amen. Come on, y'all help me preach this morning. It's loving people unconditionally that separates us from the rest of the world. Listen to what he says in verse 46. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you're not, but you are to be perfect even as your father is perfect. I think perfection is loving unconditionally. People, you know, in Colorado, they interviewed them, the ones that survived the, 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 the tragedy in, in the theater there. They interviewed some of those people and they said, if you could tell you shoot one thing, what would you tell them? And you know, remarkably, some said, I would tell them I forgive them. And the commentator there that was interviewing, I could tell, you would tell them you would forgive them. How can you do that with unconditional love? That's how you can do that. Amen. You can do that with unconditional love. Listen, loving unconditionally, it's loving unconditionally that makes us most like our heavenly father. You want to be like the Lord. What makes us most like the heavenly father is loving unconditionally. You know, when Jesus said in verse 44, you have, uh, I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Verse 45, in that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven. He didn't say if you prophesy. You're going to be acting like your true father in heaven. He said, if you love unconditionally, you will be acting like your father in heaven. The true measure of Christianity is not measured by what we say. It's measured by what we do. The true measure, the genuine test of Christianity is the ability to love unconditionally. Is that right, saints? Are y'all with me? In 1 John 4, he says in verse 20, if we say we love God but hate others, we are liars. For we cannot love God whom we have not seen if we do not love others whom we have seen. The command that Christ has given us is this, whoever loves God must love others also. Wow, what a standard. You heard that story about the little boy standing outside the shoe store looking in He was like up north. It was real cold. It was freezing. He was barefooted. He was looking in this beautiful store with all the shoes. And this very wealthy lady walks and sees this little boy standing there, gleaming into the store and said, son, what are you doing? I'm looking at all these nice shoes. And she said, well, why don't you come in? She invites him into the store and and says, hey, this this young boy needs some help here. And she grabs a pail and washes all the dirt off his shoes, buys him some socks, puts some socks on. Which shoes you like, son? And he grabs a nice pair of shoes. She says, I like those. She buys him the shoes, puts it on his feet, tears streaming down his face. He looks at her and he says, ma'am, are you God's wife? How many of you know that's what the world is looking for? It's not judgment. It's not criticalness. It's not hostility. It's love. Amen. How many of you know we are God's wife? We are the bride of Christ. And we are to love and love unconditionally. Amen. Loving people should be our highest priority in life. Why? 
Because it's what's going to bring meaning to our life. What's your greatest ambition in life? To be wealthy, to be successful, to be happy, to have fun, to be well-known? Would you like to know what God says the highest aim of life is? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, let love be your highest goal. Let love. Listen, some of you sitting in this room today, love would make a difference in your life. Amen? Love made a difference in your life. And so the Lord says, the highest goal for my life is for me to learn how to love others conditionally. Why? Well, without love, what I say is meaningless. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I do not have love, I'm a noising gong or a clanging cymbal. Words without love are just empty words, isn't they? Isn't that true? Words that aren't backed by genuine love are just meaningful, nothing words. Without love, my abilities and knowledge are useless. Bible says, if I had, verse 2, if I had the gift of prophecy, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. What really matters to friends and family is not how gifted we are. It's not how talented we are. What matters to family and friends is that we have love. Amen? What really matters to people is how much we really care about them. Somebody said, you know, people don't care how much you know until they first know how much you care. Love is what changes people. Without love, all my gifts and knowledge is useless. The Bible says that without love, even my faith is really not anything. In verse, how many of you know that faith is important though? The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God, right? That's what the Bible says, Hebrews eleven six. But you know, it takes more than faith to please God. We need to have faith with love. And that's what Corinthians 13, 2 says. If I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. So it's great if we have strong faith, but we got to mix that love or we need to mix that faith with love. And that's what Galatians 5, 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You know, we put a lot of attention on an outward appearance and, and that we outwardly looking like a Christian. And he says, you know, circumcision, uncircumcision. What really matters is that you have faith that works through love. Come on, y'all help me today. It's love. Without love, my give is is insignificant. The Bible says in verse 3, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, but I don't have love, it profits me nothing. If I give everything away, I mean, surely, Lord, that would be, that would impress you. You could give it all away. How can you give everything away and it not impress the Lord? Well, you could give everything away with the wrong motives. You could give everything away being selfish and self-centered. Even our giving is insignificant if it's not motivated by love. The fifth reason that we need to make love our highest priority is without love, even our ministry is no value. Verse 3b says, if I were burned alive for preaching the gospel, but didn't love others, it would be of no value. So as you can see that people, loving people should be our highest goal. Why? Because it's impossible to live a life that God is pleased with without loving others. 
Amen? It's not how many church services we attend. It's not how many times we read through the Bible. It's that we love others. We got to love. Amen? Imagine if you died and you get before the Lord like our brother Ron did. And you say, Lord, I encouraged people. I spoke words of edification every time I got a chance. By the way, Lord, I really got in every Bible study. I knew the Bible backwards and forwards. I knew the Greek and the Hebrew. And by the way, I gave away everything I had to help the poor. And Lord, I preached the gospel to the point that I lost my life. What do you think about that, Lord? And the Lord would look at us and say, did you do it in love? If you didn't, it's all for naught. How about that? Wow. See, the challenge for us is to love. He says, you know, I, yeah, yeah, love your, love your neighbors, but I'm saying love even your enemies. Love your enemies. How do you do that? How do you love people that are ugly? How do you love people that are rude? How do you love people that are not lovable? How in the world do you do that? Let me give you a couple of secrets. Make loving others your highest priority. How many of you know nothing worthwhile in life is accomplished without making a choice and making a commitment? Amen. And so once we know that it's the standard the Lord wants us to live, we got to commit to, Lord, that's, that's what I want to do. How many of you are willing to commit to that? Say, Lord, if that's what you require of me, that's what I want to do. Jesus said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The Lord wouldn't, wouldn't ask us to do something that he, he didn't think that we could do, right? So how many of you know we can do it? Let love be your highest goal. We got to make that decision. Love is a choice and it's a commitment. Amen. So the secret to loving unconditionally, loving people that don't deserve it or haven't earned it is making a decision. I'm going to love. I'm not going to be hateful. I'm not going to be ugly. I'm not going to be harsh, judgmental, critical. I'm not going to, I'm not going to turn my back on people that don't look like me, sound like me, act like me. I'm going to love people. That's it. Bottom line. Amen. And so another secret is begin acting in loving ways towards others. How many of you know it's one thing to say, I'm going to love everybody, but it's another thing to do it. Right? And so love is an action. It's not just in a feeling or an emotion. Well, as soon as I feel like it, Todd, I'm going to do it. And you'll be waiting, waiting, waiting. And you might be given the two-minute warning. And you might see this green man trying to take you out. How many of you know that you got to make a decision? First John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and the truth. we got to love with action. How do you love people? Let me give you 14 ways to love people. I'm just going to give you the reference. 1 Corinthians 13.4, love is patient, kind. It's not jealous. It's not boastful or proud or rude. Does not demand its own way. Does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. It is not irritable. 
keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That's the way we love people right there. How many of you know we could work a lifetime right there? There's a lifetime of work right there. Amen. So don't wait until you feel like loving people. Love them, and then you will begin to feel the love. Amen? Don't wait till the feeling comes. Feel your way into it. Just begin loving. Amen? Secret number three, continually work on strengthening your walk with the Lord. How many of you know that the measure of my ability to love unconditionally is in proportion to my my strength in the Lord? You can't love people unconditionally without the strength of the Lord. Amen. Isn't that true? You got to have the strength. The closer I am to the Lord, the greater my ability to love others unconditionally. Listen, if we have trouble loving people, whether it's in our neighborhood, in our family, at our workplace, whether it's on Johnson Street, wherever it may be. If we're having trouble loving people, we need to draw closer to the Lord. The closer we get to the Lord, the more we're going to be able to love people. 1 John 4, 7 says this, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from... Love comes from... If we're going to have any love to give, we've got to get it. And love comes from God. Galatians 5, says, The fruit of the Spirit is... The fruit of what? The fruit of the Spirit is not the flesh. The fruit of the flesh is the opposite of love. The fruit of the flesh is hate, is violence, is harshness, hardness. The fruit of the flesh is why the world is busted up. The fruit of the Spirit is love. That changes the world. That changes lives. Amen. Romans 5.5 says, We know how dearly God loves us because He's given us the Holy Spirit. To fill our hearts with what? With His love. God wants to fill us with His love. How many of you know it's God's love that loves unconditionally? The more spirit-filled we are, the more we'll be able to love the unlovable. How did Mother Teresa go give her life to helping people that were dying of AIDS? How did she do that? The power of the love of God. How could people love people, just people that were torturing them and, and, and people that were killing them. Uh, you know, the, I just read this uh, or, or heard this story about a guy in Afghanistan. He was he was arrested for uh, for just, you know, said he was a, he, they thought he was a spy. They imprisoned him and beat him. He was a Christian trying to evangelize the lost. And one day and, and he was wanting to kill himself. And one day he was saying, God, how can I just get out of here? I want to get out of here. And the Lord said, well, why don't you just change your perspective? Why don't you just start loving that guy that beats you every day? And he said, Lord, are you kidding me? How am I going to love somebody that is torturing me, making my life a, a literal hell? How am I going to love him? And he says, I tell you how you need to see him like I see him. And God began to show him this man in the way that God seen him. And all of a sudden, whenever he said, after he got beat, he said, sir, I just want you to know I love you and God loves you. And that prisoner got, that that, uh, warden got converted. Why? Because of the love of God. The love of God is powerful. Amen. 
And then the fourth secret to loving unconditionally is surrendering your life to Jesus. Amen. First John 4, 7 says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You can't really love unconditionally until you experience God's love. Amen? See, the Lord is able to take the hardest of hearts, soften it, and fill your heart with love. Before I became a Christian, before I surrendered my life to Christ, I was filled with anger, with prejudice, with hate, all that stuff. But you know, I noticed after I became a Christian, and I experienced, and I got to know personally the God of love, my whole perspective changed. I could love those that I didn't love before. I had a different temperament. I had a different view of life. Why? Because God is love. And when you surrender your life to Christ, he comes in and changes your life and fills you with his love. Amen. See, the Bible says that God loved us when we were unlovable. It says, while we were yet sinners, when we were rebellious, when we were doing everything that God didn't want us to do, we're breaking all of God's love, our laws, he still loved us. While we were yet a heathen, a rebel, not wanting to do anything with God, God loved us anyway. In fact, he loved us so much, he gave us the best thing that he had. He gave us his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so our sins could be forgiven and so we could have a changed life. Thank God for his unconditional love. Amen. And he's here to save today. Would you stand with me? Let's close in prayer. He's here to save today. He's here to redeem lives today. Would you bow your head with me for a moment? Let's pray together. You might be here today. You say, Todd, listen, you can't love like we're talking about until you meet love. I'm not talking about a boyfriend, a girlfriend. I'm not talking about a husband and a wife. I'm talking about the embodiment of love. I'm talking about the God of love. See, some of us, we can't love because we've never experienced love. All we've experienced is betrayal, rejection, hatred, harshness, hardness. But God wants to come in today. And He wants to change our heart, change our lives. Would you bow with me and pray if you're a Christian and begin praying and asking God right now to just release His convicting power across this auditorium today. I believe there's somebody in here today that you've been looking and been looking and been wanting to have your heart touched by true, genuine, undefiled love. And today's your day. You hear today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me today? I don't know for sure that I'm a Christian. I don't know that I know the Lord personally, but I don't want to leave here without knowing that. Would you pray for me? If that's you, just raise your hand and I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. How many of you know this is the greatest day right here? This is the most important day of people's lives right here. Thank you, Father God. Some of us have endured so much hate, so much violence, so much betrayal. We've never experienced true, genuine love. Just bow your head with me. And let's pray together. Let's ask the Lord. Come on, the Lord loves you. He died on the cross. I want you to just get a picture of Him hanging on that cross. And, when, and I want you to see him looking down from that cross, looking at you. And whenever he said, it is finished, what he meant was that the Lord did everything he needed to do 
for your life to be changed. Some of you genuinely, genuinely have looked for love, but only found hurt and pain. Today, the Lord wants to change your heart, change your life. Would you pray this prayer with me? I just sense pain up here at this altar. I sense hurt right here at this altar. And the Lord died to take your pain, to take your hurt. Well, let's pray this prayer. Say this prayer with me, Lord Jesus. I'm sorry for every sin that I've ever committed. I'm sorry for breaking your heart. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for rebelling against your ways. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for shedding your blood for me. Lord Jesus, I surrender. I give my heart to you. I don't know how to love. I need to learn how to love. Lord Jesus, fill me with your love. Fill me with your grace. Thank you, Father, for accepting me. Thank you, Father, for sending your Son to die for me. There is somebody that loves me. I know that. His name is Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Lord. How many of you need a miracle? You need a miracle in your life. You need God. God's the only one that can solve your problem. How many of you feel like that today? I want you to lift your hands. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. We heard about the God of the miraculous today. Come on, let's ask God right now. Let's ask God to release his power, to release his anointing, to release his grace. Thank you, Father. Come on, let's pray. Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, there are needs in this place today that God, only you can solve. Lord, there are mountains that need to be moved. Lord, that only you can move. Father God, I pray today, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus that, God, you would release your anointing. Come on, let's ask the Lord. Lord, break the power of darkness. Lord, we bind up every evil spirit. We bind up the attack of the enemy on families, on lives, on finances, on emotions. Lord, thank you, God, that, Lord, you are releasing people. Lord, from, Lord, the bondages of darkness, from the strongholds of the evil one. Lord, you're releasing supernatural provision in people's lives right now. Father, we thank you ahead of time for answering our prayer in Jesus' name. We pray. How many of you, how many of you believe that God has heard your prayer this morning? Say amen. Come on, let's give God praise. Let's give him glory. Let's give him honor. Thank you, Father God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord Jesus.